This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to Chicks Talking Footy with Fee, Motti, Beck and Breeza. And this is our first show back for 2023 and we are wrapped to be here and to have you listening to us as well. Uh, One of the great things about our show is that we get to meet people involved in the game, from administrators, coaches, players, through to people that are involved in grassroots footy. Even better, we get to meet influential women in our game, and tonight is no exception. We're super excited to welcome Laura Kane to the show. Laura's the Acting General Manager of Football Operations, but really, we know she's the power in there. So thanks very much for joining us on the show, Laura. So should we jump straight into footy talk? And we'll start with the guys' season because we're in the, you know, getting towards the pointy end. So there's four rounds remaining. There's still 14 teams that can make the finals. And so is that considered the mark of a successful season? Absolutely. The football is amazing. Six million people have come to watch. One in 22, I think, are a club member. We have upsets last weekend. I didn't think, don't think help anyone with their football tips. And anything could happen from here. I think there's actually 15 teams that could mathematically make finals. 15? Oh, wow. maybe the Bombers can make it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the Hawks can still go then. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. No one's with you on that one. Uh, we said, we've said a, a couple of times you're the acting general manager of uh, football operations. So can you just – this is a really difficult question, but what does it look like? What, is it, what do you actually do in that day? Good question. I'm trying to find a new answer. When people ask me how I am, I say busy. (laughs) We do a lot. Uh, The portfolio is broad. We look after everything on the field, off the field, umpires, clubs, uh, through to mental health and wellbeing. So the remit is broad, but day to day, it's navigating the big picture and the future. So planning for next year, venues, schedules, how are we going to navigate Uh, the year ahead, but then looking at what's right in front of us, whether that be the weekend that's just gone, the weekend that's just coming or how we're going to tackle AFL football finals, AFLW, the commencement of and the back end of our state league and Coates League season. So there is always something happening and it also involves a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls. I was about to ask. (laughs) How many times a day does your phone ring? A lot. (laughs) It, um, it calls many times. I had to, I think, change my voicemail to say, please send me a text message because <laughs> it just became untenable. But, no, it, it, there is a lot of communication, but the team is good, big, responsible for a vast majority of the day-to-day and really helped me do my job uh, incredibly well. Yeah, well, you've got a background in law, so we've collected a few lawyers here at Chicks Talking Footy, haven't we, Beck? We are. And uh, we have another lawyer on the show uh, who's just given birth uh, to a, a, a baby girl yesterday. Oh, uh, but she's a lawyer as well, so we, we, we understand the, the cross-pollination. But how did you find the, the transition? It was a big change. I was a personal injury lawyer and then moved into football operations at an AFL club, <laughs> so I can't say I had that on my bingo card. The, I think the main thing that's transferable is the problem solving, that you learn to methodically solve a problem. 
information comes to you. It might come abruptly, it might come slowly, it might be quite stressful or serious and you have to solve a problem for someone and that's basically what we do every day in football. So there's always something happening that's dynamic. It's also about how you go about it. So remaining calm, I think lawyers are good at that. Mm. So it helps me a lot day to day. Interesting. Laura's only acting in that job, so <laughs> it might be available for another lawyer. Um, Laura, you mentioned um, working at a club and you're at North Melbourne and, and did some amazing work there, particularly with the start of their women's team. But what was it like going from working in a club to working in the AFL? Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. It's been fun. I loved working at Clubland. I loved the dynamic of players, coaches, staff, administrators and fans and seeing firsthand the joy that you can bring them, men's football, women's football and everything in between. I do really enjoy now working across all clubs and to have 36 national programs, men's and women's. You meet so many amazing people who have all different experiences. There's lawyers, there's people with other diverse backgrounds and to know that I can have an influence or an involvement in how we shape football moving forward. It's a privilege, really. Mm. One of the things, I mean, we mentioned at the start that we love is that there's so many women coming through the administration. You know, we've got people like yourself and Tanya Hosh at the top. There's women on boards, you know, um, presidents of clubs, all those sorts of things. What do you think's the benefit of, of having that diversity and having women in the real um, high level of the AFL? It's incredibly important. I mean, in my team, I have more female direct reports than male direct reports, and that's something that I'm really proud of in the football department. But I think the diversity is not just gender, it's cultural and it's experience. It's professional experience, it's personal experience. It's where you lived, where you grew up, and the decisions are always better. They're more balanced, they're more well-rounded, they're informed by a different view that you can't possibly get if everybody around the table looks the same, grew up the same, sounds the same. And I think that has been... A great joy actually uh, in the whole industry at North Melbourne and now at the AFL that there are so many different people around the table making decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this week we had some big news. Um, Buddy Franklin resigned or retired. Um, well, his calf retired him, didn't it? But we're just wondering, you know, when a, when a player like that, it's, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime player, it'd be hard to imagine us seeing another, you know, thousand goals being kicked by anyone in the near future anyway. Uh, is that something the AFL will celebrate or do you just mainly leave that up to the club? No, it's absolutely something we will celebrate. I, I mean, firstly on that, that, that goal, that moment at the SCG, I think will be one of my most memorable mm. and favourite football moments. I don't know if it was the family having a picnic on the Oval shortly after <laughs> they jumped the fence um, as everyone was celebrating that I'll remember or the goal itself. But Do you mean his thousands goal? I mean his yeah, thousands, that was yes. awesome. Wonderful. Uh, we will celebrate it. The Sydney Swans will celebrate it. But there are processes in place at the AFL that immediately recognise players when they hit milestones. I send letters to players and coaches every single week on a Monday to congratulate them on milestones, 200 games, 300 games, life membership. Uh, so there's really nice processes. And the, the email responses that I get are some of my favourite emails to read because it means so much to people to have their uh, successes celebrated. Well, so we get a letter of... from you in our 10th season at Chicks Talking yeah. Footy. I was going to send you one to say welcome back for your first I was going to say, oh. you're a, it's sort of like the Queen, yeah. you know, yeah. very much. <laughs> 
Um, so we're chatting to Laura Kane, uh, the current general manager of football operations at the AFL. So let's switch to AFLW now. I'm presuming your remit goes across absolutely both, which is excellent. So do you have? Does your role have a hands-on, or do you again use your direct reports through there, or do you work closely with Nicole and? the leadership there or how does it all work? Yeah, great question. So we run men and women's football out of the same department the same way. So the same number of staff work across both operationally. So from that perspective, it's exactly the same way that we run men's football, which is great. Nicole and I work, sit next to each other, talk a hundred times a day. And Nicole focuses on the strategic element of AFLW. That's inside the building. It's outside the building. It's the direction of the game. And we work together then on day-to-day operational matters that might shift and change, whether it be rule adjustments or things that we are trying to implement in the game where we bring the on and off field together. So it's uh, it's been terrific. I love AFLW, as you all know. Mm. Um, played footy when I was a kid. So it's such a thrill every day to see that the competition is going as well as it is. I saw, um, I listened uh, the other day to Nicole and Laura in a um, podcast together and Laura's name is Kano on the in, oh. in the football world. In the, football field. in the AFLW football world, it's Kano. So people at work now, if they have an AFLW question, say, hey, Kano. And if it's an AFL question, they say, Laura. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't so it? So Aussie. Very. <laughs> so, um, so you were at North... Uh, when the AFLW started and now you're in, in the position you are going into its seventh, se- seventh season, is it? Season eight. Season eight, season eight. Are you, well, are you happy with how, it, how it's sitting now or, you know, would you have hoped that it was further along? Or oh, I couldn't be more happy, uh, happier with how we're going. You'll be forgiven we fit two seasons into one year. Yeah last year so it was a little bit hard to keep up but we've gone from eight or no teams Mm. uh, seven years ago Mm. to 18 teams we have 540 women playing AFLW or as employed as AFLW athletes we went from just under 30 games to um, 99 games last season and that's the second season in uh, one year so it's almost double that the game we're, we're, we're in such a good spot uh, to keep growing, uh, and a lot of the work we've been doing over the off season, which was nice to have one um, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, for women's, has been around the brand, the venues, the experience. There's one question, tricky question I'd like to ask: is um, some of the games are scheduled at five pm. Um, what's the thinking behind that? Because for some of us, that means we can't get to the game and can't even watch the game. Of course. We work close, really closely with the clubs for those requests. So uh, it d- depends where they are. But for instance, some of the clubs have really strong focuses from a consumer perspective on young children or school children and uh, filling a slot regionally in particular around the after school activity. Uh, the broadcasters are interested in the time slot um, after work, uh, Friday night drinks, people watching the footy. And so what we've been able to do with AFLW is uh, look at all the different options that we can grow the audience base that's different to the men's, um, at the same time making sure we are uh, making the, as great a use as possible of the very traditional time slots, say a Friday night or a Saturday night. So 
it's it's really exciting actually that after school on a Friday for those who can get there uh, can make their way down to GMHBA and watch the cats girls play play a game of footy. Yeah, okay, I hadn't considered that, so that that makes sense. Um, one last thing is, you know, uh, yeah. sorry, Bruza. Yeah, sorry, Laura. I'm not sure you know this, but I'm a big Tigers fan, <laughs> um, and I've noticed Richmond. Uh, playing any home games at Punt Road for Season 8. Is that something the AFL works together with the clubs to come to that decision? Absolutely. Richmond are doing an amazing amount of work to redevelop Punt Road. That will be one of the greatest boutique stadium experiences, I think, in Victoria. And uh, timing just hasn't been our friend in terms of the redevelopment. Uh, Building and construction takes a lot of time. Feels like a very big house renovation. (laughs) Uh, But they'll be back there soon. They'll be back there and games of footy will be played at Punt Road and they'll be some of the great experiences, I think. Great. Uh, Yeah, one one last thing. You know, at at the moment we're in the middle of, I think, there's in the, the FIFA World Cup, and you know we're seeing record crowd attendance at you know all of the games. They've sold out. Yeah, you know, all of the games have been sold out virtually. Um, first of all, what momentum do you think this is going to give to the AFLW? It now seems that we're in a position where it'd be crazy for any sporting code not to be investing in women's in their in women's sport. Um, what momentum do you think it's going to give to the, the AFLW season? It'll give great momentum. I was there on Monday. It was such a great night. I think that women's sport being celebrated so broadly, there's 27,000 people in stadium I was on there Monday. too, by the way. That's great. <laughs> did you I mention that I was yes, there? Yes, you did. But, I, I mean, that moment, Darcy was on the big yes, screen, yes. So which is a bit of a thrill for all of us. I was with Nicole Livingston, actually. Uh, the momentum will be that women's sport and sport in general brings people joy and it continues in a couple of weeks when we start practice matches into the AFLW season, same time as AFL finals. Uh, we love sport in this country, so there's there's just more opportunity to get there. Yeah. Why was it not um, that match at Marvel? Is that an AFL decision that you weren't, you didn't want that played there because, you know, you could fit 20 more thousand people in? Thankfully, I'm not responsible for um, the venue management. We've got a little bit on our plate. Um, a lot of it goes Even into Even if schedule. you were, you wouldn't answer that. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of it goes into scheduling. Yeah, it's, okay. There's concerts, there's rugby, mm. there's um, years years in the making. A lot of these uh, events uh, are kind of scheduled. So, um, yeah, I well and truly leave that to the ma- managers of Marvel. <laughs> Uh, so, Laura, as always, it's been great to catch up with you. Thank you for giving up your time. We really appreciate it. And thank you for helping us kick off um, what we hope to be another successful season of Chicks Talking Footy. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.